everybody, I'm Jonathan Randall, and welcome to How You Like Me Now. I hope everybody is having a good December. It is cold here in New York City, but I am trying to stay warm. It's hard. This is a hard month, you know, the end of the year, the holidays are coming up. You know, I don't really have like a lot of family and stuff, so I'm not really planning on like going anywhere or spending the holidays with my family. Uh, and the cold weather, and you know, it gets dark so early. It's 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 hard not to fall down the pit of depression. But I'm trying to be, you know, a little more upbeat. I'm trying not to let you know the depression consume me. I'm trying to break free of it, but it's hard. Sometimes I just want to lock myself in my apartment and just like not leave and not do anything. And I keep telling myself, no, I, I got to get out there. I got to interact with people. I got to pursue the different artistic endeavors that I care about. But you know, with the weather like this and, you know, the year coming to an end and me summing up, like, what have I really accomplished? What have I really, you know, grown this past year? It makes it harder. But, you know, now that I mention it, I I'm feeling good. Got this podcast going on. Uh, we are doing our seventh episode right now. Um, so, I you know, I'm still trying. I'm still trying and I have been trying, you know, especially in comedy, I feel like for a long time. And I'm actually, you know, reminded of this uh, recently because I found out that Caroline's on Broadway is going to be closing. For those of you that don't know, Caroline's on Broadway is like a big comedy club in New York City. It's right, you know, in Times Square on Broadway. It's a really huge space, it, you know, seats over, I think, 300 people. And, uh, it's been, you know, a New York comedy institution for, for years and years and years, and they are finally shutting their doors. And when I started out doing comedy, I actually got kind of, like, recruited by Caroline's, and I was, like, working there, and I was, like, a young comic, and they threw me on all the shows, and I was doing a lot of guest spots there, and, uh, you know... It was okay, uh, definitely had some issues there, but then it all blew up in my face, and I ended up getting fired. Uh, what happened was, was one of the jobs that I had there was answering the phones during the day, and people used to call and prank me all the time, and, you know, call and prank Carolines, and the different comedians that were headlining there used to call up and prank call, you know, I remember Charlie Murphy used to do that all the time whenever he was headlining there. And uh, one day, a call came through asking about an Aer Lingus flight. And uh, was the first couple times, I was like, this isn't, you know, Aer Lingus, this is a comedy club, whatever. And they kept calling. And then finally, I picked up the phone and I said, oh, I'm sorry, the FCC won't allow me to release any information. Hung up the phone. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Apparently, somebody thought their whole family on an Aer Lingus flight had died. Anyways, I ended up getting fired from a comedy club for making a joke, and it's been all downhill since then. No, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like my time at Caroline's. That's what happened. I met some cool people there, uh, still friendly with, with some of them. A uh, shout out to Ray Goots, who used to work there too who's a comic and a great guy, and he produces a lot of shows at his uh, place in Astoria, Haunted House Comedy, I definitely recommend checking out. And uh, so that's good, and you know, my time there, I definitely got to perform with a lot of cool comedians, uh, Todd Berry, Judah Friedlander, just to name a few. Uh, I remember I was really excited about, you know, getting to do guest spots on shows that they were headlining. 
And um, yeah, it also made me realize that, you know, working at a comedy club is no way to really get into comedy. And when you work at the club, they always kind of have that perception of you. And uh, if you want to do comedy, you just really got to dive in and just go and do comedy and be performing. And that's really the way to do it. And I also learned that a lot of people in the comedy business don't really give a shit about comedy, don't really give a shit about comedians. They just care about selling two drinks and making money. So to be honest with you, I will not miss Caroline's. In fact, about like a year or two ago, I was doing shows in the area and I had like an hour break in between shows and Dave Attell was headlining Caroline's and I was like, oh shit, let me go stop in and just check out some of Dave's set. He's absolutely hilarious. One of the best there is. If you ever have a chance to see Dave Attell, go do it. He's amazing. And I went down there and Caroline's, you got to walk downstairs and I walked down there and uh, a manager that actually worked there when I worked there had just started working there again and at first I didn't recognize him because he had this crazy beard and then he's like Jonathan Jonathan and I was like oh my god it's you I was like this is crazy and he's like you know we were catching up and I was like oh yeah you know I'm just doing shows down the block I just wanted to check out a little bit of, of Dave's set and he's like no I'm sorry you can't come in you can't check out Dave's set I was like what are you kidding me I'm just gonna stand in the back and check out his set he's like no and then he was actually telling some of uh, I guess some girls that like work the door there that were checking people in he's like oh you know he used to work here too and I was like yeah and now they won't even let me through the door so the fact that the doors are closing I'm not too sad about it fuck him um you know it's always hard for me to like make transitions and segues when I'm going to something like, you know, fuck Caroline's to when I want to talk about something serious. And, um, you know, I made a video, I talked about the movie Farha and, you know, got a lot of like these responses about how like, hey, this is not true. This is all a lie. This is fictional. And, you know, while it is based on a true story, a lot of it is fiction. You know, they made it up. It's based on true events. But, you know, the fact that some people have such a hard time, like, believing that these things could happen and, like, just being so quick to be like, this is all lies and propaganda, really had me doing, like, a deeper dive into, you know, things that happened during the Nakba. And, you know, one of the things that I, I did a lot of uh, research, reading about, was one of uh, the first events that kind of really kicked off the Nakba. And it, it, it's called the... Um, Dear Yasin Massacre, and it happened in a small village right outside of Jerusalem where, um, you know, the militias, Israeli militias, uh, the Stern Gang and the Irgun uh, kind of went in and they ended up killing uh, tons of civilians. Now, uh, this is a very, uh, like, complicated thing that happened. And I say that because, um, you know, uh, there have been things that have come out from that massacre that have been proven to be not true. Uh, but there are also a lot of things that have, you know, had people, eyewitnesses, people investigating that they proved that these things did happen. Um, and what happened basically was, was uh, these two Israeli militia groups came into this town and they were going to, you know, take over this town. Uh, but the town fought back harder than they thought they would. And they ended up killing tons of civilians there in this town. Uh, uh, at the time, they said that there were over 250 people that were murdered, Palestinians. But since then, it's, that's been disproven. 
and it's it's now the number that they say that it was about 107 something like that like over 100 palestinians were killed uh these did include women these do, did include children it wasn't just you know uh people that were fighting it, w it wasn't just like people that you know were attacking israelis there were a lot of civilians that were killed uh during this massacre and you know, what happened also during this massacre was this was one of the things that caused a lot of Palestinians to flee the land because they heard stories of what happened during this massacre and it freaked them out that all these civilians were being killed. Now, here's where things get a little iffy because some of these stories were exaggerated by the Arab people to make, you know, Israel look bad, but also just to try to get other Arab nations surrounding involved and, and come and help, you know, the fight against Israel. And also, you know, the Haganah uh, wasn't crazy about the Ergon and, and, the, and the Stern gang. So they were also, you know, kind of keeping these these like half truths maybe going because they wanted to make them look bad. But here's the thing. Although it's kind of like wrapped up in did this happen? What really happened? What we definitely know has happened is over 100 Palestinians, mostly civilians, were murdered during this massacre. So uh, there are rumors that people were raped. Now, they say, no, 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 no one was ever raped. That's not true. Uh, so a, a lot of Arab people that were there, they're like, no, 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 no. They also say nobody was raped. Does that mean nobody was raped? It's like a really, it's, it's hard to figure out because there also is a stigma in the Arab community that if the woman got raped, then she's impure. So like they don't want to be telling people that like their women got raped. And of course, you know, the, the, the Israeli militias aren't bragging that people got raped, you know? So did someone get raped? It's, it's really hard to say. What, what, do I think that maybe somebody did? I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put it past them. And the reason why I say that is because the Ergon and the freaking Stern gang were pretty much known as terrorists. They were. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, two years before the, you know, the Dear Yassin massacre, they blew up the King David Hotel and killed 91 people. The Ergon did that. Okay, and they, they killed Jewish people, they killed Arab people, and they killed British people. And that wasn't the first time they killed British people. They killed British people often, okay? They were called ter a terrorist organization by the United States, by the British, by the United Nations, and by the Jewish Agency, which is the largest nonprofit Jewish organization in the world, okay? They all call them a terrorist organization. And the bombing happened two years before this ever happened, uh, the, the, the Dear Yassin massacre. So it's like, well, like what? They all became saints during those two years, even though they were coming into this town and, and killing people? Uh, David Ben-Gurion said they were an enemy to the Jewish people after they blew up the King David Hotel. The Haganah... Uh, report from Dear Yassin was the conquest of the village was carried out with great cruelty. Whole families, women, old people, children were killed. 
Some of the prisoners moved to pla were moved to places of detention, including women and children, and they were murdered viciously by their captors. This is what the Israeli army, this is how they characterize what happened in Deir Yassin. Albert Einstein, he wrote a letter after this where he called them a terrorist right-wing chauvinist organization. Albert Einstein, who was a Jew who was asked to be the second president of Israel and turned it down, uh, he, that's what he had to say about them. And he, that isn't the only letter he wrote about them. He also signed another letter that people wrote about the Ergon where they also referred to them as terrorists. And so uh, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, they committed acts of terrorism and assassination against the British, whom it regarded as illegal occupiers. And it was also violently anti-Arab. Okay? That's according to the Encyclopedia Britannica. All right? And it's not like everybody knows how anti-Semitic the Encyclopedia Britannica is. They're not. Okay? So all these things happen and we're just supposed to believe that, like, and people want to say, like, oh, no, it's a massacre that never happened. It's all propaganda. The, this group, their gun, was known as terrorists all over the world. Albert Einstein, who's known for being one of the smartest people in the world, called them out for being criminals. So I think it's safe to assume that they did bad things. And this was the beginning, and this was the creation of Israel. And I feel like these, these horrible instances, these bad things, they continue to happen. And it's really awful, and it's really sad, and it's just crazy to me that people have such a hard time believing this and accepting it, and they're so quick to be like, oh, it's propaganda. That never happened. But it's like, it, it did happen, you know? All, all, like, all signs point to something shady went on, and... I definitely believe that the Ergon and, and the Stern gang uh, killed civilians and did it in a horribly aggressive way. And they wanted people to know and they wanted people to see because they wanted the Arabs to flee the land because they wanted it from themselves. And that's what happened. Ar Arab people were so afraid. The Palestinians were so afraid after hearing stories uh, of what they did that they left. And, you know, so it worked. It It worked. What they did, it helped them win what they call the War of Independence. And, you know, it was the beginning of the Nakba, the catastrophe, where over 750,000 Palestinians were driven from the land and thousands were murdered. And it started the occupation, which has been going on for years. And it started, you know, basically having Palestinians' fundamental human rights uh, being abused and it's horrible and it shouldn't happen in anybody that's going to be ignorant and say oh Farhan that never happened it's all made up no these things happened the, the stern gang the Irgun they 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 were known as terrorists they were aggressive and they were fucking evil oh man I mean it's it's so hard and it's so sad to like read these things and you know a lot of this stuff is still classified by the IDF because they don't want people to know because they know that, that it's going to warp, you know, everybody's perception of Israel. And it's just really sad because the Palestinian people deserve to have their trauma known and recognized. And we're not going to be able to move forward and have peace and prosperity between Israel and Palestine until we do that. That's one of the first steps to admit what happened and to try to move on from there.
and I, I hope more of the truth comes out and I hope, you know, more people accept the reality and, and have an open mind and are not so quick to say like, oh, no, that's not way that ever happened. Oh, well, OK, this organization was known as a terrorist militia. So it's really not crazy to make the leap that they would do horrible things. And it's not crazy to think that events like that are portrayed in the movie Farha are true. Um, all right. Let's see. Where else am I wanting to talk about? Okay. This is some news that happened. Uh, that, that's Phil coughing in the background. He's getting over a cold. He's feeling better. My trick, by the way, when I have a cold or I'm not feeling well, especially if I have any throat issues, what I like to do is gargle half water, half hydrogen peroxide. Do not swallow any of that shit. Just gargle it, spit it out, and I'm telling you, your throat will be healed in no time. All right, so uh, I think this is crazy, this story that's happening right now. Uh, it's about Sam Brinton, uh, who uh, apparently is the first openly gender-fluid person in federal government leadership. Uh, he's in charge of, like, nuclear waste, or, so or they are in charge of nuclear waste, Excuse me. Uh, this is their title, by the way. I just want to read it because it's so ridiculous. These government titles are such bullshit. He's the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy for the Department of Energy. Like, what a fucking title, and what the hell does that even mean? Anyways, so he's been fired from the Department of Energy because he was stealing luggage from airports which is like kind of crazy first of all i'm sorry i keep referring to him as he they were stealing it uh i don't mean any disrespect with that uh but they stick out like a sore thumb so maybe they shouldn't have been stealing but also i feel like if you're like you know in one of these groups that a lot of people are bigoted against, like, don't be doing shit like this. You don't want to be, like, creating new stereotypes. Like, oh, you know, there's non-binary people, a bunch of luggage thieves. You can't travel with them, you know? Like, that's what people are going to start saying. Like, you, you can't do that. I feel like if you're in a minority, then you have to be, like, extra careful not to, like, do dumb shit like this, like steal people's fucking luggage from an airport. And anyways, he got fired and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know people of course, uh, thought there were some people apparently that thought that he didn't even, they didn't deserve to have that job and they weren't very qualified to have it. Um, I don't know if that's the thing that they thought they only got the job because they were like a non-binary person or whatever, but doesn't matter why he got the job. He lost the job for being an idiot and stealing luggage at the airport. I mean, like, why would you do that? There's cameras everywhere in the airport. Like, how do you think you're not going to get caught? And what's even crazier is he did it once. They did it. Oh, my gosh. I keep calling him he. They did it one time. And then they did it again. And they got caught both times and they got fired. And, like, yeah, like, if you're under suspicion of doing something one time, do not do it another time. Like, make sure you never fucking, like, do that again. Anyways, it is time for Nerding Out with Phil. Hey, what's up, everybody? Cool. I was going to say, like, we needed some music, but I guess that hey is just good. Um, so... I wasn't really sure what to talk about this week. You know, White Lotus ended. I know you didn't really watch White Lotus. Uh, no, no, I, I, I didn't. Yeah, not yet, not yet. I was I curious. There are like, 
on season two of White Lotus, there are no like people of color really. Like, is that a turnoff for you? You think that like why like would you not be interested in watching a show that doesn't have like a person of color in it? You know what? When I was uh, when I was a kid, no. Um, but as I've gotten older, uh, kind of yeah. But it it also depends. It's like how good truly is the show? Okay. You know what I mean? If it's something where it's like the world is literally stopping and being like, hey man, like. This shit is fucking crack. You know what I mean? It's crack on on screen. Then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking watch it. Whether black, black people love like it. crack, that's how you get them to tune in. No, is, no, yes, horrible, yes, horrible. Yeah. God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the guy talking shit about Palestine. <laughs> no, no. Hey, but, they don't smoke crack in Palestine. All right. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> Israel won't let them have any. But yeah, I I don't know. So I think I think that's a major thing. It's like. It de- it all depends how good it is. It's like like Succession, right? That's one of my okay, favorite shows. Great show. That pretty much has no black people in it. It doesn't have any black people now that I think. It of it. I guess I don't even like realize that a lot of the time. I realize that about White Lotus, but yeah, I never thought of it when it came to Succession. Yeah, and it doesn't, but it's it's still a great show, and I watch it all the time. Also, also too, I think there is something that needs to be said about realism in certain genres of things or certain movies. Like you like if you're again a show like Succession. Right, it wouldn't make sense to have a fucking like black sibling character in the show. Why not? Cousin Greg is black. Yeah, that's fucking weird. And because they don't like, because honestly, why wow, that could have co- cousin Greg could have been like mixed. Now bullshit. You know that guy. All these people, dude. I mean, at the end of the day, they're fucking like they're pure white. They're like gross fucking sausage finger King Charles white. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't give a shit. And like the only way uh, having a black person in succession would be acceptable is like, yeah, maybe if like Shiv went to Africa or something and then like adopted a random baby. Oh, okay. Like that's, that's something realistic storyline. You know what I mean? But that, but that's something more realistic, but yeah, I don't always like when they shoehorn someone in who's like a different color because I'm like, Depending on what it is. If it's something right. like Secession, because I'm like, yeah, all these people are white and racist and they wouldn't want you around them. So why right. is this? <laughs> why are you? Why are we all lying to each other? Like the people that own fucking CNN are good people. Yeah. They're not. They're definitely not good people. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, well, speaking Sorry, of was, like. That was a tangent. It's okay. Hey, go for <laughs> it. Uh, you know, speaking of race, I guess we could talk about Avatar, which is the new Avatar came out this week. Yeah, Pocahontas uh, 2. Uh, is that what is that what you think it's like? Well, everybody shits on Avatar because it basically is Pocahontas. It is kind of like Pocahontas. So they're like blue alien creatures. Yes, yes, they're blue. They're alien. all the same. They're yeah. all blue. There's not like there's some purple ones that like no, the no, police no. always shoot. Did you see the first? Did you see the first one? Yes, I saw the first Avatar. I feel like okay. everybody in the world saw so, the first so why Avatar. Are you acting like you didn't. You're like, so they're all blue people. Oh like, well, even, I didn't act. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna watch a movie with a bunch of blueies. <laughs> but I mean, the, Sigourney Weaver, like they they were white and then they became blue. But like the yeah, new yeah. the new one's out. But honestly, like I don't really give a shit. No. Like who does anyone care? I understand. Like he's making like a bunch more, but it's like. It, that movie came out like 10 fucking years ago and like who cares like i can't remember like one line from that movie that i was like oh that was a great line it wasn't it wasn't a good movie and i think no one really cared the first time it just banked off the fact of uh 3d being reintroduced right it was like visually the stunning it looked really cool and yeah you could see it in, in 3d and you know james cameron is a, a brilliant director I, I love all his films great, if you've ever but... if you've never seen the abyss go see it uh, right away incredible movie but yeah i think that i think that's really 
really what it was. It banked off of that whole okay. thing. And then, yeah, you're right. Like, now it's 10 years in. I mean, there's 3D, but now we don't even wear the glasses anymore. It's just so good definition right. on the screen that we just watch it like that. You know, no, they have – now when you go to the movies and see 3D, they give you glasses. They still have the glasses? Yeah, yeah they shit. have glasses. Fuck. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you've gone to some new theater that I don't know about. Well, that I do. Like, I do. Uh, I, do I mean, a lot it's not of like psychedelics. The, it's not like the movies. red and blue one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, You're like, like this movie's not even 3D. I'm just tripping on mushrooms right now. It's just jumping at me. I'm like, I don't get it. Holy yeah, shit. I don't give a fuck about the new Avatar. But like, I, I really don't matter. care. And like, James Cameron's being so arrogant about it because apparently it's like three hours more. It took forever. And he's and, like, yeah. oh, go to the bathroom whenever you want. You're going to see it again. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to no. see it once, dude. Like, no. I who think cares? A, I think it's going to be a pretty big flop. You think it's going to be a flop? If I'm being completely honest. I mean, who, you're gonna, who are you lying to here? There you go. I, I think it's going to be a flop based on how much money is spent. So it might okay. make more than, like, your typical fucking, like, you know, well-made cinema drama that they have playing IFC or some shit. You know what I mean? But for the amount of money that they spent, let's say they spent $300 million or some shit, I think they're only going to make about 50 to 60. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make as much that yeah. like it's going to make its money back. I don't I don't it's think gonna it's going to be shit. like the hit it was anymore. I no. think it, film no. is a different landscape these days, you know, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh, yeah. and everything and like all that I shit's going to get canceled, I, all the extra Avatar films. Right? Like I I like sci-fi. I love James Cameron, but I don't know why I'm just like, oh, who cares about stupid Avatar? Well, the first one didn't have anything in it. I mean, it really was just a shittier Pocahontas. It was a guy comes to this foreign land Whatever he becomes friends with the people, right. fall in love with the woman. That's it, and then fights back against you know that it's Dance of the Wolves and Pocahontas put together, except shittier, you know. But it just looks so visually stunning. Well, with better like, CGI, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, all right, cool. But now, yeah, it's not giving you anything. I mean, unless Namor comes out of the fucking ocean, that that would be cool. Right? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> gives a shit unless fucking Iron Man comes back to life in the fucking <laughs> Avatar four, whatever two, whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> Avatar Way of the Water. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So, hey guys, guess what? Just because you're taking a selfie or something doesn't mean the whole fucking world stops and wants to cater to you taking a selfie, okay? Nobody gives a shit. People are trying to live their fucking lives, and you can't expect everyone to just stop and not, like, walk past you or, or get in your frame or, go like, have them go where they're going because you want to take a dumb fucking selfie so you could post it. No one cares about your selfie. Oh, you want to do it so you can get a bunch of likes from some fucking incels on Instagram? Get a fucking life, all right? Love yourself, validate yourself, so you don't need dumb validations from a bunch of fucking idiots that are hiding behind their freaking computer, okay? People just have such attitude, like, oh my god, I'm taking a selfie here. Who gives a fuck? I'm walking here, okay? The whole world doesn't stop because you want to take a picture that you're probably never going to look at for the rest of your life. And you know what? If you want to take a selfie, I don't think you should worry about taking a picture of yourself. I think you should worry more about your own self. Don't worry about selfies. Worry about seeing a shrink. Anyways, I'm Jonathan Randall. Thanks for tuning in. How you like me now? <laughs>